2: Hello and welcome in Thursday edition of the program. So glad to have you with us today. Uh, Lots of recruiting activity in Bloomington. Uh, One official visit with Jamie Kaiser Jr., uh, wrapped up a few days ago, and a official visit with Arrington Page began yesterday. So as we told you, coming back from the live evaluation periods for Mike Woodson and the IU coaches, uh, it's going to be a very busy time recruiting-wise and visit-wise, and that's exactly what's happening. Uh, it's a number of big visits scheduled for the next few days as well. So uh, kind of an interesting time to see where Indiana actually stands with some of these guys Uh, that they spent so much time watching and evaluating and seeing how they potentially could fit into the IU football program uh, over the uh, last three weeks or so. So uh, we'll talk some of that today, and IU football coming off of Big Ten media days. Still don't have a good read for this Indiana team. I think we did learn a lot from Coach Allen because we didn't know much headed into the two-day event earlier this week at Lucas Oil. Uh, so football today as well here on this uh, Thursday edition of the show. Uh, let's take a look at the show lineup today, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Segment one, we've got our news and notes, a lot of recruiting tidbits uh, from across the area we'll talk about here in just a few moments. And some other news of the day as well. Also Don Fisher, uh, one of the favorite uh, IU uh, associated people, I think, for all of us. The voice of the Hoosiers, he got a really nice award over the weekend and we'll tell you about that award and how that award was kind of surprisingly uh, presented to him and uh, more coming up here in this first segment. Later in the show on Thursdays it means we have Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall for the latest on IU Basketball. So We'll catch up on some of the recruiting stuff and some of the visit stuff, but it's always fun with Alex to dig in to next season and some players and the schedule. And Speaking of players, I, I saw an email yesterday uh, that we're going to get one final summer media availability coming up here soon, and that's going to be Tamar Bates will be the final IU player that we will hear from uh, here in this uh, summer opportunity, which has been really nice to kind of keep IU basketball at the forefront and really aid our discussions in the offseason. Uh, but that uh, that coming up soon as well, and Alex will join us today to talk about all of those topics and more. Also, uh, later in the show, want to begin our high school football talk. And uh, my plan is, like we do most years leading up to our preview show is to go around the area and uh, talk with uh, the head football coaches in our area. And so as we kick that off today, uh, I thought the best way to do that was start with the New Albany Bulldogs and football coach Steve Cooley, who led the Dogs to a deep run in the postseason, kind of an unexpected run for New Albany last season, but a lot of fun for Coach Cooley's team. And New Albany loses a lot. They've definitely lost a lot from that semi-state appearance team a year ago but uh, they've got some pieces back and some young pieces, and we'll learn more about the Bulldogs later today uh, when Coach Cooley joins the show here on this Thursday program. That's the show lineup, A service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. Always on this program, you can send in uh, your questions and comments and thoughts on IU basketball. IU football, local sports, high school football, whatever it may be, I do my best to work in your questions with what I ask guests, or if you've got a comment or opinion, I'll uh, do my best to fit that in and share it as well. That number, 502 414 1450, again, save it, 502 414 1450. And at Thornton's, it's right now called Summer Cash Bash, which means one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer long with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card Not a member, not a Refreshing Rewards member, no problem. Text the word REWARDS to 80313 today. That's REWARDS to 80313 today. Let's get into some headlines. For this Thursday edition of the program, and first off, it's it's hard to believe that we are less than a month away as we get ready for Friday tomorrow, less than a month away from high school football in the area. And I know high school football, I think for many of us, is kind of a kickoff to the school year and also the high school sports season. Basketball is the big dog. In the area. But you think about it, you know, when high school football gets underway in the fall, you've got volleyball, which each and every year we have a number of big time players and teams in the area in that respective sport. Of course, basketball takes control uh, in the winter months. Baseball has been really good in the spring. So uh, when it gets here, it, it gets rolling quick, and you think, well, we're, there's nothing going on. There's nothing to cover right now. Uh, but when it arrives uh, in less than a month and really less than three weeks, uh, high school football will kind of signal the start of another busy high school sports year. So we look forward to talking about some of the local teams and maybe who some of the favorites are and all leading up to our preseason uh, show there to preview all the, the area coaches and teams. But uh, Steve, and I mentioned this earlier, Steve Cooley will join us a little bit later in the program today. couple recruiting headlines to mention. Uh, Jamie Kaiser Jr., he was on campus uh... the last few days at indiana finishing up uh, an official visit he's a member of the twenty twenty three class so he'll be a senior i know there's so many names Indiana involved with right now it's probably hard to keep up with everything if you're scoring it at home but Kaiser is 6 foot 6 considered a wing forward he's number 73 nationally by 247 sports but I think most people that I've heard from that saw him in the month of July I think he'll jump up those national rankings some and he's from Virginia originally but he's going to play his senior year at IMG Academy down in Florida so there definitely will be a change in pace and a change and in environment for him going into this final year of high school basketball. Uh, but he was on campus with his father. Uh, again, lots of reports out there that he enjoyed the visit, a lot of photos. I saw one uh, just before we came on today of he and Coach Woodson kind of embracing each other uh, as they always do that photo shoot during the unofficial and official visit. That's become like a, a key part of the visit now. You The player gets uh, to wear the uniform or some IU gear and uh, joined by family and sometime the coaches they share them on social media and remind you that they're they're not committed yet but they're sharing uh, kind of each stop of their uh, of their tour to some of these campuses so uh, that's what went on with uh, Jamie Kaiser but there does seem to be a lot of uh, attraction uh, both ways uh, for him possibly to be a, a Hoosier in the future so as he he takes this final tour around of some campuses some schools recruiting him uh, it'll be interesting to see ultimately, where indiana stands uh, with him Uh, but they appear to be in good shape again indiana seems to be doing what they need to do to give themselves a chance to land some of these big names also today actually yesterday the official visit began for four star 2023 center his name is Arrington Page. He's six foot nine. Currently, number fifty-fourth in the country, according to Two Four Seven Sports. He was not ranked uh, when the rankings came out previously, before the spring. So he really has made a jump into the top one hundred. Page we did not hear about as much during July because he set out that final portion of the evaluation period for coaches after kind of tweaking his knee. But he was in the EYBL, the Nike League, over the summer and except for when he was sitting out obviously he put up some really good numbers for his EYBL team and uh, again continues to track a lot of interest. He plays uh, high school basketball for Wheeler High School which is kind of a notable program uh, north of Atlanta located actually in Marietta, Georgia so that's a program that's produced a lot of talent over the years Uh, but again he's on campus now and we'll wrap things up I believe later today uh, with his official visit so stay tuned you can't talk to him, uh, meet folks can't in the middle of these visits. You can talk to them as soon as they complete their visit and exit campus. So that's the time that you'll uh, start to hear reports and tweets and stories about uh, what Page's thoughts were on his time in Bloomington. And then one final uh, recruiting note, and I kind of wondered if and when this was going to happen, but Indiana. Yesterday, it was reported, uh, offered a scholarship to a 2024 in state player. He's a center uh, named Flory Badunga. He plays at Kokomo High School. You remember he transferred into the country uh, and into Indiana High School basketball last year, really helped Kokomo go on a nice run as the season got into the tournament rounds Uh, but he got an offer yesterday from coach Woodson uh, and apparently it was a zoom call with Woodson and coach Walsh assistant coach Brian Walsh yesterday where he was offered that scholarship and he also yesterday was offered a scholarship by Purdue as well. Kentucky has been uh, tracking him recruiting him he has a lot of interest and a number of offers from some teams he was one of the uh, up-and-coming players on the Adidas circuit in the month of July. Again he's an underclassman just will be a junior when school starts back but an in-state name he you know he's been here for a full season I know that the player he was when he when he started the year last winter I guess early winter with Kokomo not near the player the prospect that he is now but I was kind of wondering you know Indiana had watched him and tracked him and knew about him when a scholarship offer would come, but both Indiana and Purdue ironically pull the trigger on the same day and, uh, and put a scholarship offer out for him. He's going to be an interesting player to watch in high school basketball this upcoming season at Kokomo. Kind of an interesting place for him to be, uh, but nonetheless uh, he will make them a real contender, I would think, this season along with Cathedral and some of the other big 4A schools with a lot of talent here in the state. Also a, a feel-good note here in our opening segment today, Don Fisher – Uh, has had all kind of awards during his uh, Hall of Fame-type level broadcasting career. But most recently, the National Football Foundation and the College Hall of Fame uh, have announced and honored him as the recipient of the 2022 National Football Foundation Chris Schinkel Award, Uh, and he will officially be honored December 6th during the NFF annual awards dinner presented by the Las Vegas Uh, presented by Las Vegas at Bellagio Resort and Casino. So uh, a trip to Vegas coming up for the legendary voice of the Hoosiers. And really the neatest thing about this, I know that Don has had so many um, awards and honors over the years, rightfully so. Uh, The neatest thing was IU recorded a video of Don, and uh, he was at a football uh, gathering uh, with the team, it appeared. And uh, Coach Allen kind of surprised Don Fisher Uh, at that gathering. It looked like there were some alumni and some fans there as well, but he kind of surprised him with the announcement when he brought him on stage uh, that he was getting that award. So pretty neat stuff to see that uh, you know, live and in person there in a video. And again, I don't think anybody that listens to Fish uh, is surprised that he's picking up another award in his illustrious broadcasting career. That's a look at our headlines for this Thursday edition of the program. The Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you've got something about IU, the roster, the schedule, uh, whatever it may be for next season, now is a good time to send that in for Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, who will join us in the next segment. Also ahead today, our first high school football preview of the preseason, and that's Steve Cooley of the New Albany Bulldogs, He will join us later in this Thursday program as well. We'll head to a quick break. We're back to talk IU hoops with Alex. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Thursday program. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall always with me in this segment as we talk IU basketball and more. And, Alex, uh, last week you spent a lot of this segment telling us what a big opportunity the IU coaches had now that the evaluation periods have come to a close to host some of these players and how they had done a good job lining up a lot of official and unofficial visits over the next few weeks. And that's exactly what we've seen this week. Jamie Kaiser on campus the last few days, Arrington Page now on campus at Indiana, and there are more visits set for, I believe, the weekend and into next week. So a very busy time hosting some of the names that IU previously had been watching.
3: Yeah, Matt, it's obviously been a busy time. As you mentioned, Jamie Kaiser wrapped up his visit yesterday. Uh, Page got onto campus uh, yesterday and will be there. Um... Sorry, I lost you there for a second. You still there, Matt? Yes. Sorry. Uh, let me start over. Uh, K- Kaiser was there, obviously, as I mentioned, uh, earlier in the week, left yesterday. Page is there now uh, and leaves, I believe uh, – tomorrow and then Deshaun Harris-Smith actually gets in tonight and leaves Saturday morning and then early next week, as, you, as we talked about last week, uh, Sisley and Harold will be on campus. So really uh, a big period here for Indiana to get some uh, guys on campus and uh, be able to, to kind of capitalize on some of that momentum and I, and I think they're hopeful that a couple of these 2023 guys are going to end up going their way here in the next couple weeks or a couple months.
2: Alex Bozich inside the hall, our guest, Uh, starting off with recruiting and uh, obviously a very busy time on – on the Bloomington campus this month and into August as well, and you would think that would continue with football games starting uh, in September as well. Alex, one other recruiting note. I kind of wondered when this would happen. I assume it would at at some point soon. But Flory Badunga of Kokomo, uh, who came into the country and then played high school basketball last year uh, at Kokomo and really has raised some eyebrows uh, this spring and summer in front of college coaches. He's beginning to see his recruiting take off. He's got a number of big programs that are either after him or that have offered scholarships already. And Indiana and Purdue, both on the same day yesterday, offered uh, this uh, intriguing prospect uh, that I believe is going to return to Kokomo and play uh, another year of high school basketball.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's obviously one of the best players uh, in the country, regardless of class. And, uh interesting that Indiana and Purdue both offer on the same day. Uh, maybe there's been some recent, uh, I guess, communication that maybe indicates that his recruitment is a little bit more open than, than some may have thought, and Indiana and Purdue using that uh, as a chance to to you know, make, the, make it known that th- they want to recruit him and, and bring him into the fold. Uh, we'll see uh, how things uh, materialize there, but You know, it makes a lot of sense for uh, Indiana and Purdue to to extend the offer. You got a kid that's obviously playing with Indiana lead and uh, playing high school basketball uh, really right uh, within a couple hours' driving distance uh, from Indiana and Purdue. So we'll see how that materializes. Um, Just, you know, the timing of it uh, just kind of makes me wonder if, if maybe both of those schools learned something that. Maybe he's a little bit more open than they originally thought, and we'll see how it develops from here. I think the next step is obviously trying to get him on campus for a visit and see how things develop from there.
2: Alex, so I had some comments come in over the last day or two about Gabe Cups. I know we all had a chance to watch him in Las Vegas earlier in the week, and then his father, uh, Brooke Cups, joined our, our program yesterday. You know, watching that game earlier this week out in Vegas, uh, there's a star studded team as well, just like Bronny James's team. There's no question about that. But. They play basketball the right way. It was actually for an AAU game, fun to watch at times. Uh, Most of that's individual focused and, and just run and gun. But, you know, Cups, the few times I've had a chance to see him on TV or online, he's not always a big scoring threat. Uh, but he really does a tremendous job finding the open person, running the offense, especially at the high school game, and uh, always getting the ball where it needs to be. Do you see him as just straight point guard at in Indiana? Is he ever going to be the kind of guy that is a shooter or a scorer in the Big Ten? or is, you know, Some fans have said, what exactly will his role be at Indiana? I think it's a true point guard, a distributor of the basketball, a coach on the floor, the guy that's running the offense.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think he can obviously do some things offensively. I actually spent some time yesterday going over video from a bunch of his games from July. Uh, I'm going to post some highlights soon. I uh, posted some a couple, a couple week, weekends ago, um, but I got some more uh, game footage from July. And, you know, there are, he does do a lot of facilitating, but when he um, gets a full head of steam going to the basket, he's actually pretty – Deceptively athletic uh, in terms of finishing plays at the rim. Uh, I think he's pretty crafty at doing that. And his three point stroke, to me, uh, he gets it off pretty quickly, a good efficient release. So I I think that's something that is going to be a part of his game. Now, is he going to be a guy that averages double figure scoring? I don't know, but I think, (laughs) excuse me, Matt, Uh, I think he's going to be a guy that can definitely get you you know, eight or nine points in the game uh, pretty regularly by the time he's uh, in his role, uh, depending on if he's going to come off the bench or start. But, you know, I think the most valuable thing about him is he's just a leader on the court and a a guy that um, people are going to love playing with. Uh, He always makes the right play. You know, watching that game the other night, uh, I watched a little bit of it on ESPN, and the stuff that Midwest Basketball Club was running uh, is not stuff that you typically see in an AAU game. As you mentioned, they were running a lot of sets and a lot of cutting and a lot of moving without the ball. It's not typically what you see in AAU. You, know, you see a lot of one-on-one. And you see guys trying to just go out there and jack up shots. And they're really, uh, it looks more like what they're running looks like, more like a high school team to me. Uh, and they were doing it very successfully. And I think that has a lot to do with the structure of of what they what they're trying to do and Gabe Cups is a big part of that hopefully that's something he's going to be able to bring to
2: Bloomington yeah definitely a different look for an AAU basketball game and definitely a lot of contrast in uh, the team they were playing the Nike team with the Bronny James and a lot of other really good talent uh, just not meshed together as far as offense and, and team defense go so that was kind of a treat to watch, and you do wonder if Cups will be able to bring that level of uh, organization and and getting the ball where it needs to go at at a high level in the Big Ten, so that's going to be interesting to follow. Alex, one other Mm -hmm. recruiting name I want to bring up, a lot of discussion the last couple days about Xavier Booker of Cathedral. He announced a list of 10 of his top schools earlier in the week. I don't think there was any surprise at all that Indiana was on there, and I'll ask you the same question that I've asked other guys, other IU experts, as we call you guys this week. Uh, Does Indiana legitimately have a a chance to land Booker? Um, There's so many schools involved. He made a cut, which he had a ton of people after him, so actually he did cut a a number of schools off uh, when he he trimmed down to 10. That's still a lot of schools, though. But uh, do we know, do you have an opinion if Indiana really has a chance here to ultimately get his commitment?
3: I think it depends on how hard Indiana is going to push, and I think some of that has to do with what happens with Aaronson Page. If they think they're going to get him, I don't know that I see Indiana making, you know, a full push to get him. Um, if they get Page, uh, I think it could be a situation where they they kind of stay in it but don't make a full-on push. Now, if they're not going to get Page, I think it's a situation where maybe they make a stronger push. It's just really hard to know exactly which schools are serious about. Xavier Booker. I know he trimmed to ten, but if I had to venture to guess, not all ten of those schools are pursuing him at the same uh, degree of intensity. Um, you know, obviously Michigan State is a school that's really prioritized him, and I know they watched him last week. in Indiana did too. But you kind of look at when schools watch somebody. if You know, are they going there on the first day of the evaluation period? The second day? Are they staying for all the games? Or are they kind of just popping in and seeing a game or two? And I know he doesn't play on the, you know, shoe circuit team, and so it's a little bit harder to get to his games. And you know, you try to make the schedules for who you go and see, and based on hitting multiple targets and being in places where there's a ton of high quality players. But um, I-, I just don't know enough about uh, specifically his situation and what he's looking for in a school. Obviously, he's visited Indiana uh, multiple times and uh, does think highly of them based on what he's said, but. Um, I just question how many of those schools are actually really making a hard push for a commitment. You know, a school like Duke offered him and then never watched him, really. Uh, to me, he's ranked, I think, top three or four on some of these recruiting services. Uh, it, that, that struck me as a little bit odd that Duke didn't really even watch him uh, or or make an effort to recruit him. So uh, it, it's, just a, it's just an interesting situation overall. You know, the way he blew up and has now this, huge national profile, and all these schools offered him, but then nobody really seemed to make a full-on push for him uh, in in terms of watching him in July. I I wonder just if there's something behind the scenes that's causing schools a little bit of uh, trepidation in terms of pursuing him harder, or if they think there's a chance he's going to go to the G League or something like that. I I don't know uh, for sure how it's all going to turn out, but uh, it's just interesting. You don't see uh, a situation where you have a kid ranked this high and it doesn't really seem like anybody has put a full-court press on him. So I, it, it seems to me like it's somewhat wide open at this point, point. Um, and I, I think it's going to depend on which schools really make a push to get him on campus and show him that he's the, their priority. But to this point, I would say from Indiana's standpoint, they've definitely made Aaronson Page more of a priority than Xavier Booker.
2: Uh, interesting points there. Alex, uh, when you mentioned Page or Booker, you, you see Indiana – uh, only going strong afterward. If the, if the, if they get page, that is, uh, is that because they're just similar in in size and build and position and where they project to play in the college game?
3: Uh, maybe some of that. I I, I don't know specific. Just, to me, it seems to you know. And this is just my opinion. Um, to me, it seems like there's a clear top four that Indiana is really going after, Uh, the three guys that are on campus this week and T.J. Power, and then to me, Xavier Booker is a little bit further down the list, and so, uh, you know, they've already got two guys committed, they want Jamie Kaiser, they want Paige, uh, they want Deshaun Harris-Smith, at some point it also becomes a numbers game, If if they somehow get all three of these kids that are on campus this week to commit, are you really going to take more than five kids out of high school in a recruiting class? I don't necessarily see that happening. Uh, it, when that happens, you run into a, an issue of having imbalance in your numbers. Uh, and Indiana is going to have a ton of attrition after this season um, in terms of guys leaving. But I think it, this offseason, especially coming up after next season, will be it will be important uh, if you have that many guys leaving, you're going to bring in that many freshmen. you got to have a spot or two probably to go get some guys in the portal so you have some experience, too. So I just think it, it becomes a numbers game. You know, if is going to sign five guys in November, I think that's probably uh, at the high point of what they would actually want to do. So if they get Paige and they get a couple of these other guys, I just don't know if the numbers are going to work out for them to to really make a push for Booker.
2: Yeah, interesting. Alex Bozich, Inside the Hall. You can read his work at InsideTheHall.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Inside the Hall. I want to talk about uh, now more of a general thing that's going to affect college basketball and football uh, very soon. It looks like the NCAA Division I Council here in a few days is going to uh, have a final vote on uh, some additions or some changes to the transfer portal uh, rules where players uh, who currently can uh, transfer one time and with no questions asked basically be immediately eligible to to pick up and move to a new school and play right away uh, the following season uh, they could also do the same once they at- obtain their undergraduate degree uh, it's called a graduate transfer where they could be uh, immediately eligible at another school as well so technically there's I guess you could call them two free transfers now. If this new guidance pass passes, and it, there's every indication is it's already kind of been rubber stamped, uh, a player could, could go to a different school every year and never have an uh, issue of sitting out, never have to sit out a year like they would now after that first freebie transfer. That is, to me, amazing. Uh, and it's no question that there will be players that play at two, three, maybe even four colleges in their undergraduate years which again is unbelievable to me your take on that rule and your thoughts on it is it a good addition a bad addition and if it all passes as we expected to how much harder does this make the job of mike woodson and assistant coaches
3: yeah i mean i think the optics of it for a lot of people who are used to the way it was and the way things used to be is going to be harder to to process. But realistically, how many guys that are impactful players are, are, you know, that are making um, a difference in your program are going to jump to three or four different schools in a year. You know, if you have a guy in your program who's playing a ton, is being, you know, and you're winning – you know, what's the appetite for that guy to just pick up and leave and go somewhere else? You know, you have guys that are uh, maybe disgruntled at the end of the bench, but they're transferring anyway, usually at the end of the season. So, um, you know, this. I don't know how much this changes the equ- equation because they've already had the one-time waiver, and so you're still going to see guys that are uh, leaving now from the mid-major ranks to transfer up to the high-major. We know that always doesn't work out, but I just can't see many scenarios where a guy who's a really good player is going to go to three or four schools over the course of his career. Um, because if you're really good and successful, you're likely going to stay where you are, or go for, for, for you know pursue a professional opportunity. So I think we always tend to look at like the the negatives in a situation like this, and like the worst case scenario and what could happen. But I just can't. Uh, get to the point where I'm thinking that there's going to be guys who are like really good players that are going to three or four schools now could they go to multiple schools yeah I mean that's already happening right now but you know let's say you have a guy that starts his career out at Iowa and he's a really good player uh you know where does he move up to you know you move up to Kentucky or you move up somewhere like that but um I, I don't see a scenario where guys are just going to freely change for three or four times at least at the high major level And if they are they're probably not having much success or uh, guys that programs want to keep around. So uh, I don't, you know, I think a lot of this is being done Um, ultimately uh, long-term. I think there's going to be a court battle between uh, players and these universities over whether or not they're employees. And I think the reason that this is being done is, um, they're going to let guys just go freely between schools as an argument uh, to make that they're not employees of the school uh, because if, uh, if they're being held uh, in a certain spot and being penalized for sitting out, then there's going to be an argument that, well, you know, there's some kind of contract or they have to fulfill an obligation and that could be used uh, to argue in court that they're an employee. So I think that's, there's, some, there's obviously something behind the reason that they're doing this. But I just don't think that it's going to materialize the way that some people are projecting. You know, I don't. I just don't see it. The high major level of guys going to three or four different schools, unless they're just not a really good player and not having much success.
2: Yeah, definitely. Going to be interesting to see. I talked yesterday or a couple of days ago, I should say, to a guy that's been a a longtime Division One assistant coach, primarily at the at the mid major level, and he said it's just getting so frustrating. Uh, you you work hard in the month of July and throughout the year to, to locate prospects maybe that have fallen through the uh, the radar under the radar and you work hard to try to get those guys and 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 once you get them uh, now after one year even a freshman year uh, of a breakout performance here or there uh, or maybe they make the NCAA tournament it just opens up the opportunities for. In Indiana or a high major school to see that and to follow those guys. And then before you know it, they're in the transfer portal, and that uh, catch they had uh, is, is headed off to big-time college basketball. So it just seems no matter what level you're at, there's differing opinions and uh, different situations. And I I think the transfer portal, uh, it's still so new that uh, the thoughts and opinions that we have on it, and probably even the rules that surround it with so much change going on right now with the NCAA and maybe conferences getting more say uh, on some of this stuff coming up soon. I think it's going to take some time for this all to play out, but it's definitely the wild, wild West right now.
3: Yeah, it is. But, um, i think the you know it's a it's also the wild wild West for coaches uh moving freely throughout the sport and kind of leaving and kind of doing what they want uh as well so um, I don't have a problem with what's with happening to the players, and like I said, Matt, we always gravitate towards the worst case scenario, but if you think about this logically, the guys that transfer now for the most part are either transferring up for a better opportunity, which is you know. Why should they be coming back or guys that transfer that don't work out at their original schools are looking to go somewhere else? I mean, you look at Indiana basketball over the last 15, 20 years and the guys that are transferred out. I don't think besides maybe a handful, you know, a guy like Luke Fisher maybe comes to mind that he left, you know, midway through his freshman year, transferred, had to go somewhere else, had to sit out. But I just don't see very many other scenarios where guys have left that you say, wow, I really wish that kid wouldn't have left and had gone on somewhere else to have a, an impact. I mean, there's guys like Remy Abel who obviously went to Xavier, and he had a bit better role there. Stan Robinson went to Rhode Island. But none of those guys at Indiana specifically were having such an impact that that was like, wow, they can't afford to lose this kid.
2: Alex Bozich inside the hall with us Thursdays on the program. Alex, Alex as always, uh, thanks for the chat, and uh, we'll talk to you next Thursday. All right, thanks, Matt. See you. All right, Alex Bozich with us as we talk. A lot of recruiting uh, this time of year, and again, with visits coming up uh, this week and next week, some big ones, it's going to continue to be one of the big topics. But the good news is football season is near, and basketball season is just behind that. And so uh, we'll get more into the season and the schedule and the roster and some of the things coming up. And again, uh, Tamar Bates, we're going to hear from soon as well, uh, which will which will give us some interesting things. He's a, he's another player. Uh, that we talk about here this offseason. It's very interesting to think about what his role could be. Will there be some progression, as you would think, from freshman to sophomore year? Uh, but definitely one of the intriguing guys back on the IU roster is Tamar Bates, and we'll the media will hear from him later today. So that's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll recap all that for you on our Friday program. We'll head to a commercial break when we come back. Steve Cooley, the New Albany football coach, is with us. A semi-state appearance a year ago, a lot of success, and that all kind of came at a surprise to many people. The Bulldogs got red hot as the season wore on, and we'll talk about this year's new Albany Club with Coach Cooley coming up as well. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. What's us win this all the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for coach. who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison.
2: School is back in session, which means high school football just around the corner. And we'll be talking and previewing area high school football with the local coaches here over the next few weeks. And excited, excuse me, to get that process underway today with New Albany High School head football coach Steve Cooley. Coach, before we can talk about the upcoming season and what's been going on here in the preseason with the Bulldogs, I do want to take a look back at last year. A great uh, finish, a semi-state appearance, uh, a really strong close to the year. Hard to believe it was really a slow start. You had some injuries and I think some COVID quarantines and some really tough opponents right out of the gate. Your team kind of got off to a slow start, but, boy, you guys really got it going and reeled off a number of wins in a row and, and set some big historic marks for New Albany football last season.
1: Yeah, we did. You know, we started off zero and two. I mean, we played a top-ranked Bloomington South team, and then you know the team ended up winning the state in three A and Gibson Southern game two. And uh, you know, we just got better from you know week in and week out, and that's our goal. We're trying to go one and zero each week. And if they're better than us, then we got to figure out what we got to do to keep improving and just keep working on fundamentals and uh, and try to go one and zero the next week. So uh, we had an even keel football team, and we just kind of took it as a way we hit. You know kind of hit lightning in a bottle there at the end of the season and won the sectional and won the regional and a little redemption against Wilmington South and then, uh, you know, ran into a buzzsaw up at Cathedral. But, uh, you know, they, everybody had their number. They had everybody's number, too. So, a good team.
2: <laughs> Coach, I've got to believe that a season like a year ago helps in so many ways as you try to build the program as far as numbers and the feeder program and the youth leagues and things like that. Uh, Winning and championships uh, helps with all those things.
1: It has. You know, we've got good numbers in our youth league right now. I think we have 50 or 60 fifth and sixth graders, which is an all-time high since I've been there. So the younger kids are playing, which is, you know, a credit to Michelle Ray and the youth program that's, you know, helping get those kids out. And our middle school numbers are up a little bit. Uh, We need to keep working on that with Hazelwood and Scribner kids, get more of them out. And, uh, you know, when school starts on Monday, we'll get some more freshman kids out that uh, uh, we're trying to, you know, get out for football, trying to get about thirty some freshmen right now. But uh, so it's slow and steady, you know, we got, we got some key kids back you know, on defense last year. We're young on offense this year, but uh, you know it will be a fun team to watch. It's going to be a, good, it's going to be a good,
2: good season. New Albany football coach Steve Cooley, my guest today. I know you've got some key guys back, and we'll talk about those guys here in a moment, but I think it was right around 13 seniors or so a year ago that you'll have to replace, including a number of big names on the offensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah, we're to absolutely to we're losing over six thousand yards of career offense. You know, our quarterback Darrell Simmons and our two running backs Miles Johnson and Camden Winford. So, but on the outside, losing to John Winburn and Jay Raylan Johnson will be huge. So, so we have good skill that are you know going to replace them, but they're just inexperienced. They just need to play. You know, that's my thing. We need to get to Scottsburg, you know, a week from Friday and have our scrimmage on the road, and then you know play Bloomington South here, and you know. I like playing good teams like that early cuz they'll expose your weaknesses and you find out what you got to work on. So, yeah, I think we've done that this summer. I mean, my goal in the summer was to play harder teams than what we play in the regular season and uh, and we saw some pretty talented teams this summer too. So,
2: coach, take us through some of the key guys that are back from that semi-state team that are going to help the on the field and probably also provide a lot of leadership as well after that experience.
1: Yeah, I mean up front, you know, guys that are back. Don Houchins is back at guard, and uh, Matt Orr's back at center, and Caden Watson's back at H back. You know, Caden kind of is our unsung hero in our offense. We're a big power counter team, and he's kind of our lead blocker on pretty much most of our offensive running game plays, and so he kind of makes us go. So having him back there at H back for us it has been huge for us, and uh, you know, really all the skill you know positions on the outside on offense are all going to be brand new. A couple guys fighting for quarterback, a couple guys fighting for time at running back. And then wideouts. out, you know, we'll be young at wideout as well, you know. But we've had a great summer. We've had some kids. Devontae Johnson, Gavin Rand's been a great surprise for us at outside receiver. I mean, he's been really good for a tall kid that can run. Uh, really good athlete on the outside there. And we've got some new guys on the offensive line inside that have, that have been good for us as well on offense. But uh, for the most part, um, what we've got to get done is uh, – you know, just keep getting better, week in, week out. And we gave them this week off because we had such a good summer so far. And uh, hopefully, when we start practice Monday. They'll be ready to roll.
2: Coach Cooley of New Albany, our first high school football coach, on of the preseason after the big uh, year, uh, a season a year ago. We felt like we needed to start with the Bulldogs and work our way from there. Coach, take us through the summer. Uh, I know that a lot of people think of summer football as grueling two-a-days and a lot of practices and being out in the heat and dealing with those conditions, but there also are some scrimmages and some games along the way. They're just not as publicized as the regular season. What's kind of your format for the summer, and what, what are your goals to accomplish? when you get to the return of school and kind of a normalcy in practice?
1: Yeah, the, uh, the IHSA gives you what's called 12 contact days, and you get five scrimmage days within that. So we only use four of them where you get to scrimmage other teams and we started off early June, we went up against East Central, which they're probably favored to to win it all in 4A football. Uh, they're really good. I mean, they, they were they won 10 games last year, I think they have 20 starters back. And so I won by you know, we, we usually scrimmage them preseason, but we don't scrimmage them anymore. We picked up Scottsburg, it's closer for us. But the thing that I like about Coach Miners and East Central is, they're probably as physical, you know, they play Cincinnati Molar, they play some sort of They're as physical a team as you can play, and they'll hit you in the mouth. So, I wanted that experience for my kids. We went there in early June and uh, and it was really physical and we played well at times they got a lot of kids back, so it was it was a good evaluation for us. And then we went up to Columbus North and uh you know, they're a six eighteen bigger school and uh and we did pretty well up there and then uh last week we went to Indianapolis and played uh, you know, some of the best teams in the country, we played a team out of Chicago and then we played Brownsburg, you know, who's a six eight team out of Indianapolis. And then we played East St. Louis, which has some of the best players in the nation on there. They had three power five offensive linemen. They're the number one five-star at- offensive lineman in the country. The right guard's going to Arkansas. The left tackle's going to Iowa State. So we got to see some, some pretty good competition for the day. And we came out there came out healthy, and uh, we saw a lot of good things out of our kids. They had to play at a higher level. They had no choice. You know, you get run over. So, uh, so it, was, it was a good experience for our kids. And, uh, um, and then, like I said, we've taken pretty much this week off. Uh, we had a little seven on seven with Clarksville on Monday and, uh, it was giving the kids a week off and we kind of had a little get together, had to cook out at my house this week and did some team bonding stuff. But, uh, you know, we're going to be young in some areas, but, uh, they got to grow up fast because, you know, we got a big game at Bloomington South coming up in a couple of weeks.
2: Steve Cooley of New Albany Football, my guest. Coach, uh, you're the veteran of uh, area high school football coaches. We've talked about that before. This is year number six at New Albany, but year number 28 overall as a head coach here in our state. So with that, uh, take me through what you see this year overall, not just with New Albany, but the Hoosier Hills Conference and the area. What kind of year should fans be in store for?
1: Well, I mean, I think Columbus East will be solid. They'll have a bounce back year. They struggled a little bit last year, but they'll be good. I think Seymour is probably one of the dark or the favorites to win the league. I mean, just because, you know, they caught fire at the end of the season, but they got so many freshman, sophomore skill kids back. Their quarterbacks really good. Uh, they do a good job. Floyd will be better this year. Coach Bragg does a good job up there. Um, so I think those teams, you know, I throw us right there in the mix as well. So, you know, we're gonna take it one at a time and, and see how well we do. We've got uh you know, we've got good young kids, we've got a couple of good transfers that are gonna help us and uh for us we'll uh, you know, the sky's the limit once these kids start gelling together.
2: Coach, when I think of you, I think of a guy that does football uh, almost all the time year round. I know you attend a lot of clinics and this summer you got a chance to be an assistant coach in the Indiana North South all-star game you also had a player with you there at that game as well so uh really even if it's a dead period uh, where you can't practice or uh it's the off season you know right after the season ends you're kind of always in the football mode i know you love it
1: yeah i enjoy it i was very fortunate to be nominated to be an Indiana all-star coach for the south I coached for the north back in like 96 and i enjoyed that two years ago but uh uh being up there for spending a week at UND on the college campus with miles johnson and and some other coaches and getting to know a, a new team and uh um, talking to some other guys and, and we put some of the stuff in that we got up there you know with, with different offenses and different defenses so it was good to get away from my kids for a little bit because we've been practicing hard in june and then you know, I got to hang out with other coaches and uh, look at some different things and practice different different structures. And so, so we've changed some of the stuff that we're doing based upon my experience up there. I'm, I'm always trying to learn, trying to get better and learn from anybody. So uh, from that standpoint, we, you know, your program's never in place and uh, you got to keep trying to get better. But um, it was a great experience. Uh, the South, we won 14 to nothing, so it was a good win for us. And uh, Miles Johnson was the second-leading tackler for the South, so he had a good game as well.
2: All right, Steve Cooley of New Albany. Coach, again, congrats. A year ago, I know that's big motivation for you and the Bulldogs. Thanks for helping kick off uh, our preseason coverage of high school football uh, this year. Always great to catch up, and we'll see you here in a few weeks.
1: Hey, thank you, guys. Thank you, Matt, for all you do for high school athletics, and uh, good luck.
2: Thank oh, you. Thank you very much. Steve Cooley with us here on this Thursday program. Yeah, the first night of football in the area, August 19th, so coming up, Uh, what are we three just over three weeks away from the beginning of the season new albany uh in one of the bigger games of that opening friday night will host uh, Bloomington South, who always is a front runner in five, a football, it seems. And, uh, also, you know, you got scrimmages, the official scrimmages to kick off the season the week before. So, uh, if you're looking to get back into a football stadium, it's going to happen very soon. Uh, no question. It is not far off. That's going to wrap things up for this Thursday program. If you miss our live show, you can always find us as a podcast Wherever you listen to podcasts, all you have to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you will find us there. And don't forget the Thornton's text line open during our show at 502-414-1450. Have a great Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow to wrap it up at 11 a.m. This is The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.